It's 6 p.m., and you're tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Thursday, January 12th, and this is your KVMR Evening News. I'm Julia Jem. Joyce Miller returns Tuesday. The California Report visits communities most affected by the recent storms and shares insight into 2023's projected wildfire season. After a local weather update, KVMR's Steve Baker talks with Bill Drake about the upcoming Martin Luther King Remembrance event in Grass Valley. Then, Al Stoller reflects on a past flood caused when a levee burst along the Feather River, and we close with an essay by Molly Fisk. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. In Monterey County, the sheriff is warning people to be prepared for the Monterey Peninsula to become an island because of flooding from the Salinas River. During a news conference yesterday, Sheriff Tina Nieto warned if both Highway 1 and Highway 68 flood, then the river will block people from moving on or off the peninsula, similar to what happened nearly 30 years ago. Now, if anybody was here in 1995, you know that during a uh, large flooding event, The marina or the Monterey Peninsula became an island and and people were either stuck on one side or the other. Um, And we anticipate that we're going to go into a similar situation, but not as bad. But we're going to some of the roadways are going to be closed and you could be stuck on one side or the other. Nieto says the flooding is expected to start today and people should be prepared to be stuck for several days. As the winter storms move through the state, power outages and flooding can make it hard for families to get and preserve food. KQED's Carlos Cabrera Lomeli reports that for families on CalFresh, help is available. State officials say families who get CalFresh benefits can apply for replacement funds on their EBT card if their food was lost or destroyed due to a misfortune or a disaster. And this year's winter storms qualify. To apply for replacement funds, contact your CalFresh case manager and let them know what happened. Your county will then reach out to verify your situation. But make sure you act quickly. You only have 10 days after losing your food to request these funds. For the California Report, I'm Carlos Cabrera Lomeli. The IRS is offering a tax reprieve for California residents who've been caught up in the storms. If you live in or own a business in one of the federally declared disaster areas, you're getting an extra month to file your taxes. And that includes payments. You now have until May 15th to file individual returns as well as various business returns. Check the IRS website to see if your county is covered. But many are. Even in the midst of all this rain, winemakers and grape growers are worried about what wildfire smoke from next fire season will do to their wine. KQED's Daniel Venton listened in as experts discussed solutions. As wildfires have multiplied in intensity, so has the threat to local agriculture and those who rely on it for work. UC Vineyard advisor Chris Chen says the best time to think about preventing fires is when they're still months away. Even though we're getting you know, record-breaking amounts of rain and flooding in California, that uh, the smoke and fire season is around the corner. And you know, every year we have fire grapes, especially wine grapes, take a huge hit. Uh, they, they lose a lot. While vines can be very effective fire breaks, the damage the fires cause means it'll be years before grapes can grow there again. Chen and colleagues are working to find ways to reduce fire and smoke risk to vineyards. 
One tip he talked about was that retaining forested lands near vineyards and managing them for fire resilience can have a dual benefit. They can reduce fire intensity and limit smoke taint damage from wildfires. So it acts as a kind of a filter before the smoke hits the whatever crop that you're producing that may be negatively impacted by the smoke. It's like how a marsh can catch excess water and reduce flooding. An analogy that's on many people's minds right now, as the region weathers a string of storms with more on the horizon. For the California Report, I'm Danielle Venton. The Merced County town of Planada remains evacuated this morning. Residents were told to leave on Tuesday after the Miles Creek flooded. About 200 people are sheltering at the Merced Fairground, and with more rain expected, they're worried about their homes and what happens next. KVPR's Esther Quintanilla went to the fairground and joins me now. Hi, Esther. Hi, Molly. So what do we know about the flooding? Are homes inundated? Do people know what's happening with their homes and businesses? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, County officials say the flooding started because of a breached levee at the nearby Miles Creek. Uh, The creek couldn't handle the massive amount of rainfall that was coming down from the storm, and that led the whole community to be underwater. County officials called the evacuation Tuesday morning, and the sheriff's department was going door-to-door in boats, trying to get the word out to all the residents. Wow. Yeah, I passed by Planada Wednesday afternoon to see what was left, and there was a line of about 20 cars waiting to be let in by the sheriff's department to pick up things they may have left during the evacuation. And can you tell us a little bit about the town itself and who lives there? Yeah, Planada is an unincorporated community in Merced County of about 4,000 people, and they're mostly farm workers. And how are they feeling throughout all of this? Well, you know, there's a lot of worry that they're feeling right now. I can't tell you the, you know, the amount of panic that I felt when I went and entered the shelter at the Merced Fairgrounds. There was kids running around. There was families, you know, trying to call their loved ones, seeing if they could find a place to stay. There's, you know, a lot up in the air for these folks, and uh, they just don't know what their next steps will be. What was their biggest concern? Their biggest concern right now is just re-entering their homes. It's not really certain when that will be, or when they'll be able to re-enter their homes. Uh, Just because, you know, there's a storm coming over the weekend, there may be more flooding, there, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding that right now. And what is the county doing to help them? Yeah, the county has been sending folks uh, to the shelter, like we said. There's, you know, there at the fairgrounds, there's local organizations that are helping out with beds, food, clothing, and just helping people out with their basic needs. Uh, Back in Planada, like I mentioned, the sheriff's office is allowing some residents to go back to gather items they may have left during the chaos. Uh, Things like medication, important paperwork, and even pets. There was one woman who I saw who was trying to go back to pick up her two cats. And what can residents expect to deal with once they're able to return? You know, it's hard to tell at this moment. The Public Works Department is trying to clear out the storm drains, pumping water, and shoring up the levees to prepare for the storm that's upcoming over the weekend. And, you know, county officials aren't really sure what that storm may bring. So for now, they're warning warning folks to avoid walking in any flood waters and watching for black mold once they return to their homes after the flooding passes. Thank you so much, Esther. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Molly. That was KVPR's Esther Quintanilla. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Healthcare, where their greatest reward is a healthy patient. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved youth 
and Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at SchmidtFutures.com. And that's the California Report for Thursday, January 12th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Turning now to look at the regional weather forecast from the National Weather Service. In Grass Valley and Nevada City. Tonight, a 10% chance of rain after 4 a.m. Increasing clouds with a low around 45. Southeast wind 8 to 10 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 23 miles per hour. Friday, rain likely, mainly after 10 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a high near 53. South-southeast wind 13 to 18 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 70%. New precipitation amounts between a half and three quarters of an inch possible. Friday night, rain, low around 42. South wind around 14 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 26 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 100%. New precipitation amounts between three quarters and one inch possible. Next, for Truckee and Lake Tahoe. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a low around 30. Southeast wind, 5 to 10 miles per hour. Friday, rain likely, possibly mixed with snow, mainly after 4 p.m. Snow level 6,500 feet. Partly sunny with a high near 40. South wind 5 to 10 miles per hour, increasing to 10 to 15 miles per hour in the afternoon. Winds could gust as high as 30 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 60%. New snow accumulation of less than half an inch possible. Friday night. Rain and snow likely, becoming all snow after 7 p.m. Mostly cloudy with a low around 28. Southwest wind around 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 70%. New snow accumulation of 1 to 3 inches possible. And for Sacramento and the surrounding valley, tonight, a 30% chance of rain after 4 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low around 51. Southeast wind around 8 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 21 miles per hour. Friday, rain, mainly after 10 a.m. Steady temperature around 53. Southeast wind around 13 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 24 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 80%. New precipitation amounts between a quarter and a half an inch possible. Friday night, rain, low around 50. South-southeast wind, 14 to 16 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 26 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 100%. New precipitation amounts between a quarter and a half of an inch possible. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. The community is invited to gather next Monday in Grass Valley to remember and celebrate the life and accomplishments of Dr. Martin Luther King. Sponsored by Communities Beyond Bias, Earth Justice Ministries, and the Grass Valley Unitarian Church, the event will address racism today in Nevada County, in addition to appreciating the broader vision of Martin Luther King Jr. There is a new Martin Luther King Day event taking place in Grass Valley next Monday. Activist Bill Drake is here to tell us more about something called a Remembrance of Martin Luther King. Thank you, Steve. And our event is being sponsored by three entities, my group, Creating Communities Beyond Bias, 
also Earth Justice Ministries, and the Grass Valley Unitarian Church, the Unitarian Universalist Community of the Mountains. The event's actually going to be at the Unitarian Church this coming Monday at 1 o'clock. We're going to have live music with Jamal Walker, a local rhythm and blues singer who's been involved in social justice issues for many years. We'll have excerpts from King's speeches, uh, guest speakers, also time for reflection. And we want to look at racism today in Nevada County, as well as the broader vision of Martin Luther King. The event is limited in terms of space, so we're going to have tickets. People need to have free tickets, which are available through a link at the Unitarian website. And we also have the event on Zoom for people who can't attend in person. The Unitarian website is www uugrassvalley.org, the initials uugrassvalley.org. So people do need to have tickets or they can tune in by Zoom. Anything uh, in particular uh, help inspire you to do this? Well, we've kind of done these events off and on for years, but one thing that was particularly inspiring this year was the fact that in November there was a four-minute broadcast on NPR that featured interviews with students at Nevada Union High School looking at homophobia and racism on campus. So we're actually going to play that four-minute segment at the beginning of our program because, again, we want to look at racism locally as well as a broader perspective. Well, thanks very much, Bill, for coming in and letting us know about this event. Thank you, Steve. And that website again? UUGrassValley.org. Coming up, KVMR's Al Stoller recalls a past flood that took place in the mid-1980s, when a levee along the Feather River burst, leaving a housing development in Linda underwater. As you're standing on the old 49 Bridge in the rain, the Yuba River crashing beneath your feet, every now and then you hear a dull thud coming up out of the water. The river is rearranging its bed, picking up a boulder, slamming it into another boulder. The river moves boulders only every now and then. What the waters carry constantly is sediment, chunks of rock, sand, silt. The sandpaper that grinds down the boulders smooths and shapes the rocks. Here in the foothills, the river is carving its valley, carrying sediment downstream. But when the river reaches lower, flatter terrain, it slows down and drops its load of sediment, drops some of that sediment in its bed, but... When the river floods, it drops sediment on its banks. Thus, the river builds a wall on its banks, a levee. To increase the odds of keeping the river within its banks, communities on either side of the river build the natural levees higher. They build artificial levees. A half dozen rivers drain the western slope of the Sierra. The river to the north of the Yuba is the Feather. Back in the mid-1980s, an artificial levee on the Feather River, a levee protecting the town of Linda from flood, That levee failed, and the river burst through. What had been a housing development became a lake. News footage of the flood, shot from a helicopter above, showed not row after row of homes, but row after row of roofs. Once the floodwaters subsided, and the homes again had their walls above water, Circle, the South Yuba River Citizens League, organized a small crew to head down to Linda to see if we could help out. Again, this was in the mid-1980s. When you're building a house after you've poured the foundation, you build a skeleton, floor joists, stud walls, roof rafters. Only after the skeleton is complete do you cover the walls with siding, stuff the walls with insulation, cover the inside with sheetrock. If that house should flood, 
fled up to the roof. There's nothing to do but take the house apart, pretty much back down to the skeleton. Rip out the sheetrock, rip out the insulation, gut the house. But before you can take the house apart, you've got to empty it, which is what I and another circle volunteer spent a day doing. I've still got a strong image in my mind of a mountain in the front yard of that house. All the other homes around had their own mountains. My partner and I were building this mountain, building it higher, piling on wet books, tables and chairs, rugs and carpets, mattresses and pillows and beds, a microwave, a toaster, a mixer, radios and TVs, a mountain of now worthless stuff. Just before we started to haul all that wet stuff out of the house, before we built our mountain, we went through the house with the owner to find whatever could be salvaged, whatever could be washed off and used again, which left me with another image. Anything in the house that could hold water was filled to the brim. Cups and saucers, bowls and glasses, all filled with flood water. Every teaspoon, every soup spoon held a tiny little lake. Some ten plus years ago, I attended a conference where a study was unveiled. Scientists and engineers and meteorologists had put together a report called ArcStorm that spelled capital A, capital R, AR for atmospheric river, small k, which stands for 1,000, as in 1,000 years, capital S, storm, ark storm, the name, of course, recalling the ark that carried Noah through the biblical flood. The purpose of that report was to look at a flood, a once-in-a-lifetime flood, a once-in-many-lifetimes flood, that could, conceivably, have the same devastating effect on California as a major earthquake downtown. I'll be talking about Ark Storm in the near future. For KVMR, I'm Al Stoller. And now, Molly Fisk. Molly Fisk, Observations from a Working Poet. Most of you listening to this radio station are in or near California, so you know that it's been crazy wet. Floods, mudslides, king tides, whiteout snowstorms, black ice, sandbags, beautiful trees and city sidewalks toppling everywhere. Today, the city of Monterey might be cut off on all sides by flooding in the farmlands of the Salinas Valley. I don't know how many big rigs have been stalled out on both sides of all the mountain passes, slowing deliveries of whatever. My roof is new and holding up well, but I have some single-pane salvage yard windows on the so-called weather side of the house, and paint is peeling in a few places indoors below them. When I touch the sheetrock there, it's damp. So that will be a nice big project to look forward to in the spring, and I hope black mold doesn't take over in the meantime. This afternoon, on our one dry day predicted for the next week, I'll be putting up a tarp. Trees have fallen in our county, but not as many as we expected. One friend attributes this to how many we lost in last winter's snowstorm. The weak ones already fell. Another says it's PG&E's monumental effort this year to take down sick trees, especially those crowding power lines. I hate to give PG&E credit for anything because of how they've mishandled our funds, but I think it's probably both, and we'll let you argue this out among yourselves. Smart people think average Americans, of whom I am one, 
won't really believe in climate crisis until we are hip deep in a flooded subway car ourselves or our own roof blows off in a tornado. It has to get personal to become real. But I haven't heard any good ideas about what to do after that. I'm not wealthy enough to buy an electric car. It's been real to me since the smoke-filled skies of 2015 kept us indoors all summer. Getting my cats into the car to evacuate from a wildfire was plenty real, and I have the scars to remind me. Many people have left my town, headed for Montana, Mexico, Portugal, Vermont, New Zealand. But there's a weird contrary reaction that happens, too. Residents of Paradise swore to rebuild after that fire, though their groundwater won't be potable for something like 25 years. One of my cousins had his house wrecked by Hurricane Ian on Sanibel Island and is determined to fix it up, which I find unbelievable. Maybe it's human nature to resist Mother Nature and say, you can't keep a good man down. But looking at what's happening around us, it seems bizarre. You know all this. You don't need me to remind you, even though here I am reminding you. Reminding myself, also, not to mourn these changes for so long that I forget to think about what comes next. It's hard to let go of life as we know it. I'm still mourning gear shifts in cars, for Pete's sakes, and the little song a push-button phone used to chirp when you dialed your best friend. Award-winning poet Molly Fisk writes, coaches, and teaches writing in California's Sierra Nevada foothills. You can reach her at mollyfisk.com. This program is produced at the studios of KVMR-FM, Nevada City, California. Funding is provided by Harmony Books of Downtown Nevada City and KVMR with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. That's our newscast for this Thursday, January 12th. Want to hear the story or any other newscast again? Head over to our website, kvmr.org, or subscribe to the KVMR News Podcast. KVMR gets support from Milkman Toner Company, providing local, hometown service for network printers, copiers, and scanners, carrying remanufactured toner cartridges with printer support, serving Northern California counties from San Francisco to Lake Tahoe. Milkmancompany.com and Dr. Kebby and Back to Health Chiropractic, offering comprehensive chiropractic and biocranial care for children and adults since 1999. Open Saturdays 8.30 to noon and accepting Medicare. Back to Health Chiropractic, South Auburn Street, Grass Valley. Backtohealthgb.com.